Well, good morning and happy new year. My name is Eric Gatilgo. I'm the youth director here at Christ Press. And what a privilege it is that we get to begin our new year by gathering together and hearing from God's word and being reminded and celebrating what or who God is, what he's done for us. Christ Jesus, and we're going to be looking at Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1 through 10. And as you're turning there in your copy of Scripture, uh, let me just say that in 2023, we're going to go through a journey, or we're going to journey through God, through a story. (laughs) We're going to journey through God's story, and that will hopefully show you four beautiful ways in which God has cared for and loved his creation. And so we're going to journey through God's creation, humanity's rebellion, Christ's redemption, and Christ's restoration. All chronologically in the hopes that we'll see five things throughout this year. The first one being God has always had a people and he is always building his church. The second thing, evil is real. But it never gets the last word. Three, he did it. Jesus actually accomplished something through his life, his death, and resurrection. Four, grace. God initiates, God pursues, and God saves. And five, everything is moving toward Jesus. So to start this journey into this four-part story, we're going to look into the character of God himself as seen through the eyes of the Apostle Paul in his letter to the Ephesians, to see the foundation that God initiates, pursues, and saves, and this activity is always moving through and toward Jesus. And so to give us some context, let's briefly take a look at who Paul is and who he's writing to, and we can see this before we get into the entirety of the text. We're going to look at verse 1, where it says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, who's Paul? Well, first, he's an apostle, which means that Paul has a special authority because he has been sent. He's a sent one from G- the risen Savior, Lord Jesus Christ himself. So he has a special, the special authority that he's been sent. And Paul also likely wrote this letter while he was under house arrest in Rome a few years after leaving Ephesus, which is in modern-day Turkey. And he spent three years in Ephesus during his third missionary journey, and it's very clear and evident that Paul deeply cares for this people because he wishes good toward them. He prays for peace. He prays for grace for his people from God, from from Jesus. And so what's interesting is that this is Paul's one one of Paul's briefer introductions because he's gonna save the rest to bless God, and we'll see why. So let's, let's read together Ephesians 1, chapter 1, verse uh, through 10. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father 
of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven things and things on earth. Let's go ahead and pray. Uh, Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you that you give us your word, that you speak to us through your word, that you promise to meet us in the reading and hearing of your word, O Lord. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would mold and shape us by your word, that you would write these truths onto our hearts and ultimately, Holy Spirit, point us to our need for the word that became flesh in Jesus Christ. Lord, would you do this? We pray in Jesus' name, amen. So let me begin by asking you a question. When you think of God, what comes to your mind when you think of how he looks at you? When you think of God, what, do you th- what comes to your mind when you think of how he looks at you? A couple of months ago, there was an article published about Kate Middleton called, get this title right here, How Kate Middleton Showed a Child Had Her Total Attention with Her Coats in Wales According to a Body Language Expert. That's a pretty long title. All right. Well, this title, or sorry, this article describes an encounter that Kate Middleton had with a child and her posture toward him. This article included a picture of her squatting down to be at eyeline with this child, and he looked like he was no older than four, and she's smiling at this boy, and the tail of her red designer coat is touching the ground. And can you imagine, just, just, Think with me, can you imagine what it must have been like to have been this boy? Because royalty was stooping down to this young boy's level in this moment. And the bo- this boy had the biggest smile on his face. And you could clearly see that, that Kate Middleton's disposition toward this boy was warm and it was kind. And as I say this, please know that I'm not comparing Kate Middleton to God, okay? Let me just say that. But just as her posture and disposition toward this boy showing him that, that she was for him, in an infinitely greater way, God does the same for you. If there's anything that I want you to get from this morning, it, it's this. In Christ, God gives because he is good. In Christ, God, or God gives because he is good. And we'll see the character of God through his giving, why he gives, and then we'll try to apply these things, all right? So God gives, why God gives, and then application. So the first thing, God Well, Paul begins by blessing God in verse 3, and he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. So why is Paul blessing God? It's because in Christ, God has given him every blessing. And so to understand what this means to be blessed by God, we'll use the description that Dave used last week, that being blessed by God is when God gives us what we don't have and makes us who we are not or makes us who we're meant to be, right? And the beautiful thing we see here is this is exactly what we see in this passage, that God has given us everything in Christ, and in Christ, God has given us past, present, and future blessings. So what does this mean for us? What does it mean that we have past, present, and future blessings? Well, let's look back. Uh, First, let's look at past blessings in verses four through six. He says, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace. See, in eternity past, that is before the universe was created and everything in it was created, before time itself, in Christ, you were adopted to be blameless and holy, and you were predestined for adoption. And there are two things that we could see from this. The first thing is that this adoption is completely unmerited, and it's familial. It's unmerited because he chose you before the foundation of the world. Before you could even do anything, he chose you. And in Christ, he chose you to be blameless and holy, not because you were already blameless and holy. And it's also familial. And this is because through Christ, you were adopted into God's family. In Christ, you have the very special and unique privilege of calling the creator of the universe and everything in it, Father. Now let's look at the present blessings that we have. So, if you would look with me um, at verses 7 through the first part of 8, where it says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight. And so, in Christ, we have redemption and forgiveness. And what this means for us is that we are no longer indebted, we're no longer a slave, to sin, and that our sin, our rebellion against our creator has put us into an eternal debt that we could never pay. Our freedom had to be bought with a price. And so, this brings us to our next point, which is that we also have future blessings. So let's look at verses eight through 10, where he says, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven, and things on earth. And see, what this means is that in Christ, God has revealed and set forth his plan to unite all things in Christ. In other words, there's a union such that everything will be put back right. That when it comes to to God and what he's up to, what he plans to accomplish, we have not been left in the dark. 
God's plan has been revealed that all things will be made new and all things will be united in Christ. Everything broken will be unbroken. Everything sad will become untrue. All because everything will be united in Christ. Everything will be rightly ordered again. And all of this points to a God who gives. This should help us to see that our God gives, and these, all these things that have been given are given in Christ. So now let's look at why it is that God gives. Because why you give something is just as important as what you give. And so here are some words to describe why God has given us everything. In love, according to the purpose of his will, according to the riches of his grace, So when you see the word purpose here, I want you to think of it as good pleasure. So according to the good pleasure of his will. And one of the commentators that I was reading puts it beautifully. He says, God took great pleasure in thinking of his future people and being kindly disposed toward them. In other words, God gives because he's pleased to be good to his creation. God gives because of the love that he has within himself. He knows that the love, that in his love for Jesus, there is enough grace to overwhelm and make whole everything that we are. And this love and this grace is found in Jesus. If you look back through the passage, you'll see that you'll hear or, or read five kind of variations of this phrase, in Christ, in him, through Jesus Christ, in the beloved. One commentator said something to this effect, when the phrase in Christ is used, it's not conveying one singular blessing of the union in Christ, but it's a culmination of all the blessings we have in our union with Christ. In other words, you have everything In Christ. You have everything in Christ. Take a moment and let that sink in. That the God of the universe and everything in it took pleasure and delighted in thinking about you. And that he delighted in the thought of bringing you into his family as one of his children and redeeming you and revealing his plan to you. That you weren't chosen, and I think this is so good for us to be reminded, that you weren't chosen in some cold, impersonal, cosmic lottery. As if God just spun the the wheel to just see what was going to happen. But instead, you were chosen, you were adopted, you were redeemed, and God's plan, and shown God's plan out of an overflow of his love and his grace. And again, this love and grace is found in Jesus because you are made blameless and holy because Christ himself is blameless and holy. And we get to share in that. And it's because God the Son was orphaned on the cross and he cried out saying, my God, my God, why are you forsaking me? That we could be adopted in the family and you could be called sons and daughters. 
And it was his own blood, his own life, that paid the price for your freedom from the bondage of sin and death. And God has let you into his plan that was set in motion in Christ to unite all things in Christ in the fullness of time. All of this points to the character of God toward us in Christ as he gives us everything. Because in Christ, God's favor has been upon you in eternity past. It's on you now and will be with you and on you forever. So let's think about how we can apply these things and maybe bring these things closer to home. And really, it's just that these gifts, when you think about when you're given a gift, what are you supposed to do with it? Well, these gifts are meant to be received and enjoyed. They're meant to be received with an open hand and they're meant to be enjoyed with a father who delights in giving you everything because he loves you. And these gifts should draw your heart closer to God because in Christ, God has given you himself. In Christ, God has given you himself. And so, in thinking about this, this reminded me of of a memory I had, my, my dad passed away when I was about seven years old. And one of the fondest memories I have of him was when I was about five or six years old. I loved baseball. And my friends and I would play baseball together. We were pretty serious about it. One of my friends would even keep stats um, and everything. But here's the thing. We played with a tennis ball. And I did not think that was very legit. So... Uh, I made it known, it was no secret in my house, that I wanted to play with an actual baseball. And one day, I'll always remember this, one day we're playing baseball in this field that's in the middle of the apartment complex that we lived in, and my dad drives by, and he rolls down the window, and he holds out a baseball. And he calls out my name, and I run to him, I get in the car, and he takes me to a park. And... He throws me a couple pitches, and one of them hits me straight in the face, and my nose is bleeding, and I swore off baseball forever. But here's the thing. I'll never forget that day because my dad could have easily taken this ball and just thrown it out the window and said, here you go. But instead... He not only gave me this baseball, but he also gave me in himself in that he spent that day with me playing baseball. And so what I'm, what I'm trying to help us understand is that God has given us himself. So receive and enjoy the gift that in Christ you can call God your father. And receive and enjoy the gift that sin and death don't have the final word because of Christ. And receive and enjoy the hope that you have that all things will be restored. And all things will be reunited in Christ. Receive and enjoy these things because in Christ God has given you himself. And this is why when you think about Paul and where he's at, he writes these things while he's under house arrest. And though he's isolated and worldly comforts have been taken away, 
His heart is close to God through what God has given him in Christ. This wasn't some sort of far off abstract truth. These things took hold of Paul and drew his heart close to God and he wanted others to share in this. He's calling us to receive these beautiful gifts that God has given us in Christ. All the things that he's given us in Christ. And so as we wrap up, let me ask you again. When you think of God, what comes to your mind when you think of how he looks at you? What does his face look like when you, when you picture what it looks like when God is looking at you? Because in Christ, God gives because he's good. And he, he has given you past, he's given you present, he's given you future blessings. In Christ, you were adopted, you are redeemed. You have been led into the plan that all things will be united to Christ, including you. And he gives these things because of his good pleasure, because he delights in you, his love and his grace. And all of these things are found in Christ. See, all of these points to a God who's good. So receive and enjoy what our good God gives and enjoy these things with him. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Let's pray.